Those in red, the Beauty Services Championship once again belongs to the Army Rugby Union. Hello and welcome to the Army Rugby Pod, bringing you news, views and interviews from across Army Rugby. My name is James and I'll be your host for this podcast. In this episode, we'll be bringing you an update on the season so far, a have a look at the Army's road to Twickenham, and then a look forward to any dates that you need to get in your diary to keep involved in Army Rugby. Joining me in the studio today, I'm very lucky to have with me Mark, who is the Chair of Army Unit Rugby. Thank you for joining me uh, here in the studio. Uh, and I believe you're going to give us an update of what's gone in the season so far. Sure. So a great season for us this year, um, building on uh, a good good restructuring at the start of the year and implementation of a fixture exchange. So currently today, Army Unit Rugby playing over 70 community games. And what's gone on so far in Championship South? So Championship South um, has been a really competitive league, probably the most competitive league of the three. Um, dominated really by the Pilgrims and a really good return as well to, from 17 Port and Maritime. First time back in a couple of years playing league rugby. They've done really well. They've played five out of seven. Pilgrims topping the table with seven wins out of seven games. And um, those units further north, up in Championship North? Uh, Championship North's been a bit of a challenge for us. It's, we've not played as much rugby, it seems to be. We've been victims of the weather a little bit and also a victim of the... the um, different ways in which uh, our units up in one div have been challenged. However, it's been, again, another great story of a unit returning to rugby in the QDGs. Back after a couple of years, playing some really good rugby, driven really well by Paul Jones, their rugby officer. Um, so with them and two rifles over in Northern Ireland, they've been the real standout uh, units in Champs North. Okay. And the big one, the Premiership, what's been going on there? So Premiership, great, great year we've had a Premiership Rugby this year. Um, unfortunately, had a, a dropout with Welsh Guards, hope that they bounce back next year. But again, really strong from 9RLC, the current reigning Army Cup champions, have had a, a solid year. Great return from 1 Yorks, back from Opkabrit. They've had an unbeaten year so far. And 12RA, always, always good performers. Um, very unfortunate to meet nine nine reg in the semi final second year on the bounce sees them goes out of the competition, but a really good return on unit rugby. Okay, and so name checking some you know big rugby units there, uh, and and speaking of knockout competitions, is there anything for the teams that haven't quite made the knockouts to play for this season? So yeah, so what we did is at the start of the season when we restructured, so we went from eleven leagues down to three, is that we by bringing in the fixture exchange we gave all those units a chance to play some friendly rugby but as well as that the bottom tier of, of competition rugby so from the army quake at the bottom to the army uh, tankard I think it is or sorry the army bowl which is the fourth tier that's that was the top tier of non-unit league rugby that we, we opened it up to and we had a great return we had something like about 15-16 teams get involved um, start off with the army bowl um, army tankard uh, and the quake, so we've got a um, some competitive rugby for every unit that wants it this season. Yeah, sure. I think that's a really important message that it doesn't matter if you've just put a team together or you've been playing for a while and you've been on ops. There is definitely rugby out there for you within the ARU. However, for those that have been competing for a while, got some big uh, big finals coming up. What's going on there? But Premiership Cup, we've got one Yorks against uh, nine Regiment RLC, and in the Shield we've got uh, Sandhurst RMAS. Uh, against uh, one battalion Scots Guards. So should be two absolutely great competitive games, four really good sides there. Looking forward to that, and the finals are due to be played on the 18th of March. 
Uh, what about the Championship's Cup and the Championship Plate? A real, a real good reflection of, of how the, the leagues panned out. The um, QDGs are through to the semis. They are, they're going to play the RT Centre. Um, big old journey for Artillery Centre up from Lark Hill up to, up to Swampland Morley, but they're looking forward to that. And in the other half of the draw, we've got the Pilgrims from Hereford um, and two rifles. So uh, just working out who plays where there because we've got some concerns about travel, especially with the weather at the moment. Um, and then in the Premiership, and sorry, in the Championship plate, which is our fourth tier, we've got ITC Catrick against four seven RA. So again, another long journey for a team from Lark Hill up to up to Catrick, and um, they will meet two nine RLC, who beat four RA in their semi final. Absolute nail biter, fantastic game, um, edging out uh, with the last kick of the game to win twenty one twenty for the posties. Uh, and we've also got four more competitions left to go to go through. Uh, the Bowl, Vars, Tankard and Quake. Yeah, that's right. So those last four, they're, they're the competitions open to the teams that weren't in the league. The Bowl is the top tier of that for us. And in the semi-finals, we've got 30 SIGs. Um, they're due to play against one RHA. Uh, and the other half of the draw there, we've got Abbey Wood playing against uh, first Fusiliers. Great, great effort from the Fusiliers. They've really had to juggle their forecast events around because they're off um, overseas pretty soon. Um, lots of hard work by Ed Rutherford there, rugby officer there. So thanks to Ed for making that all happen. Um, and then below that, we've got the Tankard. So we've got eight Remy seconds team. So we've got had an eight Remy. Um, we're in their first team. We're in the Premiership, but it is purely their second team. And they're, they're due to play in their semi-final against the winner of 3DSR and the Royal Welsh Dragons. And then again, that one, a little bit like the Championship play. We already know that the winners of that semi will play against 4-2 Engineers in the final. And finally, then we've got um, uh, the Vars. Uh, sorry, not finally. Um, we've got the Vars. We've got two two engineers against RTR and two six RA versus a Griffin. So an all sort of Salisbury plain centred Vars competition there. And the very lowest tier that we've got is the Quake final, where we see three RC semi finals, three RSME against uh, Tidworth Anvils, and eleven EOD against seven RLC. Good luck to everyone taking part in those finals, uh, and let's hope there's some brilliant rugby on show. Um, but also in this podcast, we're not just um, making Mark talk about unit rugby repeatedly and over and over again. Uh, we thought we'd just uh, mention that the core finals uh, are coming up. And on the 11th of March, uh, the Royal Artillery will be playing the Royal Electrical and Mechanical Engineers uh, 1400 at Aldershot. And if, um, say, if you're stuck up in Three Scots, up in the north of Scotland, uh, and you can't make it down to, to watch in those finals, is there a way to get in touch or keep involved with, with what's going on? We've got our uh, Facebook group, which is the ARU Community Rugby page, um, and I pretty much put as much as I can on there. Also, a really good one to, to follow, um, both on Facebook and on YouTube, is Jonathan Folk. So John goes around, does a lot of uh, analysis work for the ARU, but on his channel, his YouTube channel, he hosts lots of highlights, so you can pick it up. And normally I follow that and I normally share any of the stuff that he puts in onto our Facebook page as well. So if you haven't done so already, uh, get on social media and get following for all your Army rugby news. Earlier this week, Mark caught up with one of the Army Rugby squad. I'm here with a an established Army Rugby player, joined the Army in 2005, joined the Remy as a, an aircraft technician, he played Army under-23s, transferred into the PT Corps in 2016, but before that was first cap for the Army, 2009, aged just 20. He's now got 21 caps to his name. Uh, Tom, welcome to the Army 
a rugby pod. So, buddy, straight into it. Um, the road to Twickenham started, and the Reds have just recently returned from Perpignan, where you played against the French Army. How was the trip? Uh, yeah, the trip was good. I mean, uh, the the travel out there was long. Obviously, we were only out there for a couple of days, so it's quite a quick turnaround with regards to travel. We did as much recovery um, as training as we can on the build-up towards it in Twickenham, and then obviously got out there, and then we played on the Friday night then. So, um, yeah, it was good. So we just edged out. Um, what was what was the game like? It was a good game. I mean, it was a, it was a tough encounter. Um, the French, they were a typical French side. They were strong up front, quite powerful in regards to their sort of ball carrying, um, and they were, they were good at the breakdown as well. So, yeah, it challenged us in that way. Yeah, I certainly. I remember when they played in the Defence World Cup. Impressed with their forwards, very physical. Had that sort of typical, if you like, stereotypical French flair as well in the back line. Yeah, I mean, the, the back line probably wasn't as, as strong as what it had been previously. Um, it was mainly sort of the, the up front strength that challenged us. But the, the players up front, they sort of dealt with it and, and yeah, they sort of rose to the occasion. So, yeah, it was good. So, all in all, a good trip, mate. Um, the next game's against Coventry, and it's the last before the inter-services training squad's announced. Um, do you approach this in a different manner to the other games that you've played so far this season? So, yeah, obviously the Coventry game is going to be another step up in level in, return, uh, in terms of sort of the intensity and the speed of the game, I think. We'll have our usual training week in all the shots, and then um, we'll move up to Coventry then. And sort of there, we'll sort of have our captain's run, uh, and then just prepare, really, in terms of recovery, uh, making sure we've got the right nutrition and getting a good night's sleep before the game. Um, that'd be good. But personally, for me, it's just another game, really. Um, it's the same sort of... I look at it in the same way as if it'd be a game of Twickenham in front of 82,000 or a sort of cold and windy game on Queen's Up. So um, I'd approach it in the same way, making sure that I prepare well and just basically the best I can be when I put on that red shirt. So as one or more of the uh, more experienced squad members... How's life changed in a red shirt over the last 10, 11 years? Uh, um, well, despite the fact that I'm getting older every year, <laughs> it makes it harder for me. Um, but yeah, the, the season's very similar uh, in terms of sort of the, the ethos within the team. Um, and our sort of main goal is always the same with regards to winning that inter-service championships and retaining the Babcock Trophy. So in that, in that terms, it's very similar. Obviously, there's been a lot of law changes and sort of the way the game plays has changed along the years. So I've sort of had to adapt to that as a player. But for the better, really, it's made me a better player. And personally, for me, it's sort of the, as the years have gone by, I've just been able to sort of relax a lot more. Um, and to be fair, it's allowed, it's allowed me to play better and become a better player. Uh, obviously, when you're a younger player and you come into the setup, you're quite nervous and you don't want to sort of mess up at all. Um, so that probably puts a little bit more pressure on you. But I've just been able to sort of relax and, and enjoy the rugby a lot more. Sure. So what, would you, what advice would you give to a young player breaking into the squad now? Um, so for a young player, I'd probably, probably look back on my own journey when I first joined the Army. Um, and I, w- I probably wouldn't say for a young player now, it's changed a lot. I'd probably recommend them, well, in fact, I would recommend them to start early and just get themselves noticed. So whether that be playing for their unit, uh, playing for the Corps, and potentially going for the end of the Army 23 trials. So that's open to anyone who can turn up for that. Um, and just have sort of in the back of their heads that there's always somebody out there watching you. That's the sort of way I looked at it. But in terms of moving forward with sort of senior team rugby, um, it is that next step uh, level up. So you sort of need to you need to be out there practicing, practicing, and practicing all the time. And if you wanna you wanna be at that level, you need to be doing your own individual training. Um, and at the end of the day, if you're good enough and you're a good enough player, 
doesn't matter whatever your age, um, you'll be given that opportunity to play. And obviously you're playing in front of 82,000 and also the, the RAF game now being held at King's Own. Um, it's a fantastic opportunity to then progress further in your rugby career if that's something that you're looking at doing. So moving past Coventry, into and you know, fingers crossed for you being selected in the IS squad, this will be your first time running out against the RAF at King's Own. Um, how do you think it will differ from playing them in previous years? And do you think it will be any different to playing against the Navy at Twickenham? Look, so previously, obviously, it's uh, a game to game. You take it like every other game. Um, but I think, obviously, the biggest thing is the environment. There'll be a lot better environment, a lot better pitch conditions. And then mainly, you're going to have that crowd and the supporters that are going to slowly build up over the years. Um, that's going to just make that occasion a lot better. It'll also lead us up into great build-up, I think, for Twickenham, especially for the younger players that have broke through into the setup and probably not played in front of a crowd before. Um, it's going to give us give them that experience, and then hopefully they'll be in a better place then when we do step out at Twickenham. Certainly hope so, mate. So just rounding off then, uh, long career, great load of caps. What's the best experience you've had in the red shirt? Uh, yeah, this is a, uh, a tricky question. Yeah, like you said, it's, it's been quite a long time, back in 2009, so there's quite a few memories been made. But yeah, there's a few with regards to good experiences and memories. Um, obviously, my first game at Twickenham, I'll never forget that. I'm running out there, um, coming off the bench. So yeah, that was a good memory. Um, I've then got the, the World Cup to look back on. So one in 2011 in Australia, and then the one in London in 15. But they were never good experiences. But for me, I think the best experience has got to have been last year, uh, returning from injury and getting selected back into the IS squad. Um, that was quite a good experience. And then to top it off, uh, running out with my two boys at Twickenham as mascots. Taking them up to taking them up to receive the Babcock Trophy as well, buddy. Yeah, it was uh, an amazing opportunity. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm walking up those stairs to collect that trophy with my two boys. Yeah, it was a great feeling, and I think only the, only the people that have done it will know what that feeling's like. But yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that experience. That was very really good. Fantastic, Tom. Thanks very much for your time, mate. Good luck against Cov, and I hope. Uh, the uh, that you're selected in the inter services squad announcement that's coming up shortly. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. If you're interested in attending Coventry Army on the seventh of March, tickets are priced at ten pounds for an adult and two pounds for an under sixteen. If you head over to coventryrugby.co.uk forward slash tickets, coventryrugby.co.uk forward slash tickets, and use the discount code COVARMY50. So that's Cov Army 50, C-O-V Army 5-0. You get an extra 50% off for Armed Forces discount. One step ahead of the Army men's team is the Army women's team. They've already announced their squad for the inter-services competition and the Army ladies will face off against the Exeter Chiefs women again on the 7th of March and kick off at 10.30, which will precede the Exeter Bath game. So if you're in the area near Sandy Park, get yourself down there for an excellent day of rugby. So, Twickenham, big place, big reputation. I've got some fantastic memories of uh, of watching rugby there. So I was very lucky to get um, some tickets to the Rugby World Cup final in 2015, which paid for off my own back. So I was quite a poor soldier that day. <laughs> um, but Mark, what what are your favourite memories of Twickenham? I've got a few, mate. Actually, I'm really lucky being there. Obviously, to loads of times. I remember the first time I went there, I watched Bath against Leicester and um, Pilkington Cup final. It was then. Um, lucky played there um, for Hampshire 
in the county championship. So it was a foot and mouth year. So I think about two thousand, um, the, the the county championships were were pretty much stripped right back. So we we ended up playing sevens. Hampshire did really well, but um, you know there were six thousand people there. It's no nowhere near as good as um as it is on Army Navy Day. I was lucky last year to sit in the Royal Box, uh, um, which was an amazing experience. And and it, you know there's there's times when when that national anthem goes at Army Navy, you know you know it's something really special. Mm. Yeah. I think it, the 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 funny thing conversely is when I did get to play there, there was only six thousand people attending, so it was a big empty stadium, and uh, the six thousand were in the in the uh, west lower, uh, and so we got to the final uh, final of the plate. I think we won Hampshire and um, scored a scored a try in the northeast corner, and as we scored, I thought, oh, this is fantastic, you know, real pinnacle stuff. I wish if only my family was here to watch it and all the rest of it. And I sort of got off the floor. And, uh, and I heard this, um, you know, polite applause from quite a distance away where the crowd was. And then pretty close to me, I heard somebody going like, well, do you work? Wait a minute, what's going on here? I've got voices going, a little internal monologue having a go at me. And it turned out that when I looked up into the very northeast corner, that they, they still had to man the stewards. And there was a lad I used to serve with in 16RA giving me some um, some hand gestures to, to make it known that he was there to just, just uh, ruin my parade at that time, as it were. Yeah, so, so speaking of stewards, I think, uh, so what I'm about to say, I do, we absolutely do not condone Army <laughs> Navy, but uh, my first experience of Army Navy was a number of years ago where Zorro made an appearance, do you remember this? Very famously. Uh, but I also remember what, what kicked it all off, and uh, so the, the top stand, the top tier, sorry, was deserted, uh, and, and some clever, I don't know if it's Army or Navy, but realised that there were no stewards up there, um, so he decided to start doing laps of the top tier in his orange underpants which drew great applause, um, but it drew all the stewards upstairs, up to the very top, and then another clever individual realised that actually there was no stewards left down at the pitch side, so they decided to go go front, so the stewards had to like run down the stairs and get on the pitch and sort that out. And then another individual, so a third individual now, realised, oh, there's probably nobody upstairs, so they went upstairs, <laughs> and they just happened, the stu- poor stewards are yo-yoing up and down, uh, and they must have been about, I don't know, 15, 20 stoppages, something like that. And then Zorro made an appearance. On, do, you, do you remember which year this was? I think it was probably something like 2007. Because it's quite funny, really, in a way, that people if people went to their, to last year was their first one or even the year before mm. that. So we're talking about that top tier being empty, mm. which is 20,000 people nowadays. You know, that, that every part of Twickenham is, is sold out. And Army Navy is the best supported club rugby match in the world. Yeah. 80,000 80, plus attendance. So... So somebody in his pants wouldn't be spotted yeah. in there anymore. Not that again, not yeah. that we're condoning that yeah. in that top tier. Not 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 whatsoever. But I think because it's become you know, the crowds have become a lot better behaved, um, you know, you know, as professional service people we understand that actually we're in the public eye. I think we'll never see a Zorro again. So Zorro got the biggest cheer that day and um, you know, standing in the army's attacking line, you can see the players shaking their heads, just you know, just get off, let us play rugby. And uh the stewards finally wearily like strolled onto the pitch and there's four of them to tackle this you know, tackle this hero. And as they approached him he went down on one knee, cape across his face, you know, classic <laughs> Zorro pose. And as they went to spring, he somehow leapt through all four of them to the biggest cheer, standing ovation. They finally managed to catch him and wheeling off to great applause. And I think sadly, for all the wrong reasons, that's why I remember the day. Um so let's hope for this year that that we have again continued good behaviour as we have in in previous years and and lads and ladies if you're going to do it you know know what your limits are and do it down the cabbage patch yeah i think i think you know the, the 
it would be hypocritical of me to not say that I don't have a fantastic time at Army Navy. But but I think for the people that attend, you've got to remember that that is for the forty six guys involved, the two match day squads. That's for a lot of them, that is their one day in the sun, and they put all of that sacrifice in. You know, don't ruin their day. Not just about the men. This time, for the first time ever, after the men's Army Navy, the women's Army Army Navy will take place straight afterwards. Um, so stick around Twickenham, continue to enjoy the atmosphere, and continue to back the army. That is all we have time for. Thank you so much for listening. You will catch us all again soon when we do the next edition of the Army Rugby Pod. Services Championship once again belongs to the Army Rugby Union.